Bokar Tov. It's already. It's, I thought we said it's Monday. No, no, it's Friday. All of a sudden, it's Friday. I smell the See? The, the week goes by, and we had a week almost filled with Torah, except for the one day I missed, but that was only because the previous night we were uh, working very hard on this program, and uh, it was a great success, Baruch Hashem. There were, uh, it was a very big opportunity for us to, to explore insurance policies. Amen. Insurance policies Amen. in the sense that, uh, you know, having assets in Israel is an insurance, Amen. the best, best possible insurance policy yes. we could have. Yes. Uh, Hashem, for all those who were interested and who went or who wanted to hear more about the program, we're going to make a flyer listing all of the names of the attendees that were there, uh, all the exhibitors that were there. So that people can have access to the contacts and can make use of them and see what projects are available and so on. All right, we are now in Chaye Sarah. We are at the beginning. Uh, we just finished with Abraham burying Sarah, mm-hmm. and now we are up to the servant of Abraham, the unnamed servant of Abraham. He and, and Abraham is now telling him to go find a wife for Yitzchak in Haran, yes. where Abraham was born. Yes. Or not. Well, actually, his home. His home. Now, ironically, there is a machloket where Abraham <laughs> was born. Ramban is insistent that he was born in Haran, and that he only went to Ur Kasdim temporarily. Ramban says that here again. He says I said it here, and I said it before already. So you should know that I said it already. Uh, but uh, other mefarshim say no. Ur Kasdim was where he was born. He sent him back to his his home place. Haran, uh, where he calls it his home place, even though he only lived there later in his life when his father stopped there. Okay, in any event, he tells him, uh, he he tells the, the servant uh, that don't don't send my don't get a wife for Yitzchak from around here from the from the from the women of Canaan. God, the God of the heavens who took me and who brought me and he swore to me that uh, I'm going to get this land. He will send his messenger before you and you will find a wife As for my daughter. And if the woman does not want to follow you, then you shall be clean from my swear. Just do not return my son there. So what does it mean that you'll be clean from my swear? Meaning you're, you're off the hook. Now that's actually interesting. Uh, I don't know what this means, but I'm going to read you Rashi versus what Ramban says. Okay. So take from a wife from the daughters of Aner Eshkolon Mamre. Now who are Aner Eshkolon Mamre? These are Abraham's partners in the Hebron area. Yes. These are people that also went out in, to war yes. in, uh, yes, whenever he went against the, the, the four kings. Yes. Okay, so these were the guys that Avram was partnering with, which would kind of go against if he says, okay, then take, th- these guys are Kenani people. Yeah, you shouldn't. And Mori. So Ramban says that of that opinion, he says the opinion that says that he should take from the, the, the daughters of Anarish Shulam he says, but these people were Kenanim. So what does it mean? Does it mean that you should then go and actively take a daughter from here? And he says, if the last, the last if, resort. If the girl doesn't want to come, or if you can't find a woman from the from the my birthplace, then you're free from the swear and you are free. Doesn't mean you find you take a wife from Kenan. It means just don't do anything. Just let Hashem handle it. Okay? Oh, okay. All right. So it's not that he 
Not, uh, He's not telling him to actively, oh, then you're clean from the swear of having to go back to my birthplace, so now you take a wife from him from here. He's saying you're clear, clean from the obligation to try. Now we rely on Borei Olam. That's why Ramban explained it. Okay? Uh, the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham mm-hmm. and he swore to him on this matter. He swore to Abraham on this matter. Again, that was an old way of making yes. a covenant and a swear. Okay, it makes a lot of sense, honestly. It's like you, the, the, the most precious the most part. Precious part so you kind of like, it's like you swear on your life, you know, something, yes. like, something along yes. those lines. Okay. The servant took 10 camels from the camels of his master and he went. And he also took the, the best of his master with him. And he went to Aram Naharaim to the city of Nahor. Now, Aram Naharaim is Haran. Now, why is it called Aram Naharaim? Because it was between two rivers, so Rashi says. Between two rivers, it was situated between, the, I don't know, the Euphrates and whatever it's, I don't know, Tigris, whatever is next to it. Okay? Now, uh, there's also a, a, a difference between the Dirash, between the Midrash and the Peshat on what it means that he took the Khotuv Adonav Biado. The Khotuv Adonav Biado, she says, Shetar Matana Katavli al Kola Sherlo. He wrote a Shetar Matana, a gift. That included all of his assets and all of everything he owned to Yitzchak, and he gave it to the servant of Abraham, uh, his case, own servant. In case, in case why? <coughs> to show proof that uh, Yitzchak he has a so he's a, yeah exactly. Uh, he's wealthy, he's a, so they would want to send. So what does it mean? The Khultuv Adonam Biado that he took all the good of his master. It means that he took all the assets of his master, every single thing the master owned. That's how the Midrash is, is spinning it. Now Ramban says more simply, no, he took 10 camels and then he took a nice apple and a yeah, nice orange and, and a nice fruit. An example of everything? He got, took a, a, a good quality thing, which is definitely the Peshat. Ramban yes. is a huge Pashtan, and then definitely the, the Peshat. And then, the, and then they prove that uh, Israel has a, is wealthy. He has a, yeah, and then that, that way it's not... It's not proof that he is taking over all of his father's estate. It's just, uh, but you know, you show, you bring a, a arus into the family, you, yes. you get them a nice yeah. bag, you got you nice shoes. Prove to them that uh, we can handle. Uh, yeah, exactly. We say that. No, we're in, a, we're in a financial position that we could bring a woman into the household and she will not be left uh, stranded. Right? She will be taken care of. All right. Bezor Hashem, everybody should have the zechut to do this. Okay, pasuk yud. Uh, and then he takes the camels and he kneels them uh, outside the city by the well mm-hmm. towards the night at the time when the water drawer women would come out so they would probably come out towards the evening they would come to bring in water for the for the evening you know maybe feed the animals one last time and then bring in water for the for the rest of the night I guess that's what they were doing puts a good bed by Yomar and notice that there's a shalshelet on the word Vayomar. Vayomar, yes. Adonai, the way Adonai Abraham, hakren lefanai ayom. And he said, Adonai, the... He's praying. Yeah, he's praying. The uh, master of my master Abraham, or the God of my master Abraham, please appear to me today. Abraham, And please do kindness with my master Abraham. Now, this is very interesting. I never realized how this Eved... 
he's just some he's just some I mean we know him to be Eliezer but we but but he's just some guy from wherever from Damascus somewhere and Avram already told him he said trust me the God who brought me here and who gave me everything and he was with he's me the gonna, whole time he's going to be with you he's going to be with you now if you look at the pasuk you'd bet look at the look at the ta'am on the word by Yomar you know what ta'am that is no that's called the ta'am that's called the shalshilet Yes. Okay, it appears like five times in the entire Torah. It's a shalshalit. Now, what is the tam? All these these tamim, they represent something. They represent some kind of punctuation. Yes. So the the tam shalshalit is actually a, is a form of hesitation. Any time there's a character in the Torah who's hesitating over something, they put the shalshalit. There's a shalshalit. For example, in last week's parasha, when Lot was leaving Sodom, yes, he said vaitmama, and he and that literally means and he hesitated. He hesitated with the shalshalit on top of it, right? <laughs> so, because he wasn't, he didn't want to leave Sodom. Now, here, the servant of Abraham is hesitating. And why is he hesitating? Why all of a sudden is he at a loss of what to do? Because he's worried. Because he's just been given with an extraordinary amount of responsibility yes, to he marry. Doesn't know, he doesn't know if he can He find doesn't it. have any oversight. What if he brings back the wrong girl? What if he messes up? This guy is a slave at them. It, it's, very, it's very interesting to me how Respons- much responsibility, responsibility Abraham is giving the servant. Wow. And now imagine, imagine it's something like this. You work for a company, you come in, you, you've been at the company, but you're, you're like the janitor. You know, that, that's your position. And then the CEO comes to you and he says, Take, you I'm, run it. I, I, can't, I have a meeting in China with our manufacturing our manufacturers. You run the whole place. I actually need you to go find us our manu- our, a better manufacturer. So you go and interview these four or five manufacturers and go pick for us. So then the guy gets to China. Uh, what if I do? I, I, I don't know. Sure. It's a big know, responsibility. No, exp- no experience. It's a big responsibility. You know? So he hesitates. And then through this hesitation, he thinks about what Avram told him, that my, my God is going to be with you. So he prays to that God. And it's a fascinating thing because this guy is not, he's not, not Jewish. Jewish. You know, and he just decides. Even though that anyone who was in uh, Abraham's household became right, the, uh, naturally, meaning it's not necessarily explicit. We don't have any explicit pasuk that says that uh, that he con- all the people of his household were became Jewish, right? But it, it shows you the influence that Abraham had on the people around him in his household, and it is a very interesting thing that we have this guy, this servant, that he turns to God in this time of hesitation, right? <laughs> And uh, probably thinking about what Abraham had already told him. I am here sitting on the, by the well. And all the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. And the, the girl or the lady or the young lady who, who when I tell her, please tip over your, uh, your, your jug and I should drink. And she tells me to drink and then insists on feeding my camels as well. That's the one that you've proven to be for your servant Yitzchak, meaning Hashem, your servant Yitzchak. And that's how I will know uh, through her that you've done kindness with me or with my master. He's using one of the qualities of Abraham to find the same. Uh, he's using one of the qualities of Abraham to find if she's going to be a fit for Abraham's house. And this is one of the major themes that I think is ex- extremely beautiful in 
this whole story with yes. Rivka. Yes. Because the one thing we're going to notice about Rivka is that she seems to have the Abrahamic qualities. And that's what makes her fit for the family of Abraham. Now, what are two details about Rivka that match Abraham? So if you remember when the angels came to Abraham he ran, and they visit uh, We're going to bring a little bit of water And I'm going to take a little bit of bread And then you could go And what does he do? He goes and he prepares a meal And he goes He takes a cow and he makes it for them And so on and that's Abraham. He goes out, he's aggressively coming, doing a khnasat and he's giving more and he's, he's really, really uh, uh, treating his guests and, and, and so on. And now he's Rivka. Say, please, can I have something to drink? Calm drink. Actually, let me go get for your camels. She did everything. So that, that's Abraham. Running. That's exactly Abraham. Yes. Now, what else? How else does Rivka seem to be like Abraham? Uh, he asked to go to her home. Very, very, no, very basic. Very basic. Oh, very basic. The fact that she also has to do a lich licha in order to yes, follow Abraham. She leaves her home. The same way Abraham yes. had to leave his birthplace yeah. in order to choose the way of Akadosh Baruch Hu, Rivka is now put the family. in the she, same, same, same position of having to choose between her birthplace or this new way of Abraham. And we don't know what moves her. I could imagine what moves her is, the, is that goodness inside her, the chesed that's inside her, that she, that's part of this Abrahamic quality that moves her to make the same decision. She goes and she leaves everything to go and follow the way of God yes. and to join the family of Abraham. So she's the second one. She's like the, the Abraham, Abraham V2. V yes. Right, that's Rivka. Okay? So he says... And the, she plays a role. I mean, after we see that also with... Uh, Yaakov yeah, exactly. In fact, it seems she like it maid, seems the, like uh, she becomes. That's what I said in my previous years. It's almost as if the the line, the lineage of our forefathers is Abraham, yeah. Rivka, and Yaakov. Yes. You know, <laughs> it's like Rivka is the dominant force in the yes. household. Yes. Wow. She exemplifies a lot of these very very good qualities, and she's a very aggressive, strong willed character. And, and going. And that's also my wife's name, by the way. With the mine too. With Hashem. Oh, <laughs> Ah, oh, see, we all have a bias towards Rivka, all of us. Okay, uh, right. So, one, one who says, I'm going to give you camels as well, that's the one I know that you've done, you've done kindness. And before he finishes even saying this, now why does the Pasuk tell us that? Before he finished saying this, Rivka comes out. To tell us that immediately his prayers are answered. It's like, yes, Abraham's God was there to guide this man. Okay. She was the daughter of Milka, who was the wife of Nahor. Nahor had two wives, so I say it's the one, it's the Milka wife. Okay, that was the brother of Abraham, and she had this jug on her uh, shoulder. She goes in, down to the well. She fills up her jug, and she she comes up. She's pretty, and she was pretty. Uh, the servant goes. To meet her Please give me some of the water From your jug This word We saw when Abraham was treating his guests also Same word Jews always rush when they treat their guests You run around the house You don't walk around the house 
and she let the jug lower onto her hand and she finished feeding him and she said I'm going to give to your camels until they finish drinking so not only does she give to the camels she gives to the camels until they're not even thirsty anymore yes. which is a lot, that's a, that's a lot of water lot for 10 camels that's, yeah, that's, that's a lot a of water whole, a so again that's a very very interesting thing and we continue Be'ezrat Hashem on awesome. Sunday where we're going to try to finish the rest of the parasha like Amen. we used to do Amen. Baruch Amen. 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 Amen.